You're listening to the Tri-State Sports Beat on Anchor FM. All right, and welcome back to another episode of the Tri-State Sports Beat. Nick and Joe back at it again. And, uh, yeah. Not in a very good mood, Joe. Nick's, Nick's still upset. Not in a very good mood. Been holding this in for a couple days now since the Major League Baseball trade deadline has passed. Um, we heard Scott's bonus clip the other day. If you didn't listen to that, I would surely go listen to that. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to counter that a little bit. I'm going to add to that a little bit. Little Scott's little rant. Yes, the Yankees split two games with the Diamondbacks. Okay, whatever, honestly. Brian Cashman, how you doing? Everything good? You know, feeling good that you won one World Series in 20 years and you still don't want to make moves starting pitching because we'll wait till next year to win a World Series. Cashman did not do a damn thing. No, wait. That's wrong. He got a 19-year-old single-A pitcher with a 6 ERA. Great. Add up to that already awesome farm system. Good. Great. What does that do for me right now? Does that, is that going to win me a World Series? No. Again, probably overreacting a little bit, but this is how I'm feeling at the moment. I like Brian Cashman. He's done a lot of good things over 20 years. But the rings don't add up. Still waiting for a ring. And, okay. So he thought that maybe the maybe a good deal wasn't out there. All right. At least you didn't do anything, like, stupid and give up huge prospects for a bag of balls. But the fact that the Astros who were probably already the favorite to win the World Series this year or in the come out of the American League, just added Zach Granke to their already amazing rotation. Justin Verlander, Garrett Cole, Granke, and Nat and Wade Miley. Um, it was reported that Granke was, would not have, ex- have accepted a trade to the Yankees, so he didn't want to be here. Okay, fine. The Reds get Trevor Bauer. The Reds are a losing team. They're not going to be in it. They miss out on Trevor Bauer. If Brian Cashman is banking on Paxton bouncing back, because, you know, he's got a bum knee. He's had a bum knee all year, so I don't know what difference that's going to make. If he really really thinks Jay Happ, who's had a below-average season all year long, if he really thinks he's going to bounce back and suddenly become one of the best pitchers in baseball, if he really thinks that, more power to him. But... He must think that Severino and Batanzas are going to come back and be all-world difference for the Yankees. I'm telling you right now, it's probably not going to happen. They both haven't played all year. If Cashman's banking on that, he is dead wrong. And he wanted... Sorry, did you want to say something, Joe? Joe's here. How you doing? I am still here. I'm I'm waiting for a spot to come into okay. the game. Um, I, I think there's just been too much... Hype, overreaction. Like, oh yeah, overreaction to the Cashman not doing anything. I mean, he's made 
so a lot of trades in his his 20 years of being GM. Mm-hmm. I I don't think that just because this deadline was kind of a bust means that fans should be calling for his head. Now, I'm not uh, saying that you're calling for his I'm head, not. but I I just hear a lot of overreaction. You guys still have a great team in front of you. Yeah, they're first place in the American League. Yeah, I've heard it all. They're so they're I, thirty I games above five hundred. I get it. You don't what? I just don't think that you guys should trade away prospects like you were saying for another name player. But here's the thing: starting pitching, yes, it could. There is definitely room for it to improve. And he but it's not like. Tanaka is bad. It's not like no Tanaka's the one. Tanaka's the is one bad. Oh, he's he's been oh, up. He's not he's, good. like you said. He's not he's good this year. He's up, not good. Up and down. Got a this, five this plus year. ERA. He's not good. That's this year. Okay. So I'm. What I'm saying is, the one, the one player, Jay Happ, that you guys are so that we're killing in a fuss over. But I have a right to be a fuss over. But they're still give him a four, give him a four first, year contract to do a five ERA. That's not what I expect. That's not what I expect from him. First in okay, yeah. But you know what? But you, do you know why that they're first? Because of their hitting, right? Yeah, pitching's got nothing to do with it. I, I get that, but when in the beginning of the season, where when there were yeah, I'll give many it, players in the beginning injured. of the season. Yeah, their bullpen. Yeah, the bullpen carried them. Yeah, yeah, and which they can't do it all season, right? Again, but. These guys are going to get in the groove of things. They they slack. They were slacking in the beginning of the season, and all of a sudden, turn around in first place. Mm. Now they're they're slacking again. Right? Not like it's obvious. I hear what you're. I hear what you're when saying. When playoffs come around, I I think Tanaka is still going to be the beast in the playoffs right. that he normally. I, is. I don't. I'm not doubting that. I think the starting pitching overall will improve. Will it be? Like Houston's now, probably not. No. But if your hit, if your your batters are as good as you guys are saying they're going to be, it should be a pretty good matchup if you were to play Houston. Okay, but the thing it's is, it's not going to be a blowout. It's not going to be, and the pitching with Houston's batters, it's going to have to improve. Yeah, no kidding. They got they got all stars. They got five different all stars in that lineup. Strom- and, six. and we know that the Mets got Stroman. I don't think Stroman would have made a huge difference. Yeah, one guy, I, I one guy to the starting pitcher. That's where I disagree. I don't think it'll make that big of an improvement. So you're not saying. So you're because saying either that- way you get Stroman, you really think that Cashman is going to take Hap out of the rotation? No, they're not. He's just going to add him. He's going to add him today. He's not taking Hap out of the rotation. He's just adding another arm in the rotation. Considering too that CC. So about- then it just it just. Adds one more game in what five six games that you guys win, but or if that play, adds, or pitch if that, very well, if that adds up, then that's. You but know, how many more? How many more um, games do we have in the uh, regular we got, season? We got two months still. It's the second of August. We so got what? two months. So what? Sixty games? About say if we just rounded it. Sure. Sixty games. Sure. It. It doesn't even. But Make here's the thing, though. A significant. I said. At I that said point. this last week, though. You acquire a start, a starting pitcher, a very good starting pitcher. There's momentum, and he pitches well. There's momentum that carries you. A, a 
game-changing player like Strowman that he can be, like a Trevor Bauer could be, or like a or you know what you're getting in Madison Bumgarner, they can change the whole momentum of a season. I don't care if the Yankees were in first or last place. You get a good quality starting pitching in there, it picks up your whole pitching staff. And I'm not saying replace Jay Happ with uh, you know with the guy that they brought in. I'm not saying that. It would just add to the rotation. And, you know, maybe you should think about, okay, maybe, you know, CeCe's on his last leg. What do we do about him? Maybe put him in the bullpen. We'll see what happens. But they don't have that option now because they don't have, they didn't acquire anybody. The thing about Cashman, too, is that he is not willing to give up Davey Garcia, which is fine, which is all good and great. We don't know what he's going to be, though. Unwill- yeah, like, that's that's with every prospect. You right. don't know what they're going to be when they're in the minors. You don't – it, it – that is what it is. I and just that's hope why, that, and that's why I don't think trading prospects for a star player, like I think a lot of um, Yankees fans were looking to do. I don't think it it would work. But the thing because you would though, have to literally ship a boatload of prospects, right. for Bumgarner, right, or for Strowman. But here's the thing or for Bauer. Here's the thing though: the Yankees have the team of the present and the future. Now they have Judge. They have Sanchez. They have Stanton when he's healthy. They have Urshela. They have LeMayhew. The team's young enough to be, you know, to be the same team 10, 15 years down the road. And you know. Okay, but, okay, sorry to cut you off, but we see what happened with Judge. He had a huge season last year. He was hurt two years uh, ago. Two, two years ago, I'm sorry. Huge season two years ago. He comes back this season. And what do we hear of him? Not he's not hitting right now. He's not. But the thing is, with the Yankee lineup, other guys are. Your shell is hitting. Lemayhew's coming back off injury, but he's still the best hitter on this team. And don't forget, you have Voight out of the lineup as well. Right. So I mean, there's some juggling to do with them with the with the starting lineup. But just to go back to Davey Garcia thing, I, I would you know I didn't want to get rid of him either. If it did, I'd be a little disappointed. But. The thing is, with the Yankees, they have a team to win now and win in the future. What are you going to do with these prospects? These prospects are going to be there for, you know, they're just going to waste their time in their career there in AAA ball, AA ball. So you might, as well, so you might as well ship them somewhere and get starting pitching so you can win now. I'm sick and tired of losing in the wild card. I'm sick and tired of losing in the championship series. It's time for the Yankees to get back to a World Series, spend the freaking money, Take the, you know, send the prospects, get starting pitching, and win now. But they didn't. They didn't. And now Houston's gotten better. And, you know, their rotation, their five man rotation is, their four man rotation is stacked. They're four. Okay. There's so, no beat. Okay, there's so, no beat in this, this rotation in the lineup. I don't right, care who so, you are. Houston, we all, we all playoffs, know Houston, Houston has a great starting team. Right. What do they have depth wise? Well, because you that's look the at thing. The that's the thing, though. You if you Yankees. get, that's the thing, though. If you get to Houston starting pitching, you know their bullpen's not great. But look at look at this four man rotation. Nobody, nobody's getting to these guys. Nobody. Garrett Cole is going to be one of the hottest free agents next year. The Yankees better throw all the money in the world to that guy. Verlander, they, Cashman missed out on him two years ago. Could have traded for him. Nope. Houston got him. They've won two World Series since. Zach Greinke, he's been on a couple teams. You know, he wasn't really, 
you know, he was having a good year with the Dodgers when he was with them, and now he's with now he's with Arizona, and now they just acquired another another ace, pretty much. They have three aces on that staff in Verlander Cole and now Zach Greinke. Trevor Bauer, I'm not as mad about, but the fact that he's now that he was traded to the Reds from the Indians, now went to a losing team, that's a little surprising to me. But Cashman truly believes that the guys that they have already, they think they're good enough to win with. Okay, great. The fans don't think that. Yeah, but the fans don't know what the GM knows or what the players Okay, then we'll, we'll see. We'll you see. Know that, you know what I mean? I just, just saying, like, they're there because they have their expertise but the, in certain But the thing areas. with Cashman is that he's missed the ball on on this before. He's missed the ball on Verlander. He's missed the ball now on Bumgarner and Stroman and, you know, and Trevor Bauer and Zach Granke. I didn't even know Zach Granke was in trade talks. Cashman had to know something. He had to know that Granke was up, you know, up for grabs. Had to know something. He even talked. He said he talked to every single team but the Red Sox to acquire something. He talked He talked very extensively with Brody Van Wagenen about either Zach Wheeler or Noah Syndergaard. Brody said, no, we're just going to hold on to them. And even the Mets rotation, we'll talk about them too in a minute because they're on a freaking roll winning seven mm-hmm. in a row. They're, they're starting rotations. Look at them now. DeGrom, Syndergaard, Wheeler, the, both of them they kept. Now you have Stroman and Steven Matz. The Mets are making a run. They're starting pitching, and you know we'll talk about this in a minute. But their their starting pitchers now are going seven plus innings. These past seven games that they've won, their bullpen doesn't have to play as much. The Mets are killing it right now because they have starting pitching. The Yankees, where are they? I get it. First place, you know, one of the top records in, in Major League Baseball. Okay, great. How far is that going to get you in the playoffs? Once the playoffs start, nothing else matters. You could throw the record out the freaking window. Once the playoffs start, beat Cleveland, beat Houston, beat Tampa, beat Boston. That's what matters. Ready to move on? Oh, by the way, Yankees uh, upcoming games. They're playing the Red Sox right now. They were down 2-0 when I entered this house. Glaber Torres hit a grand slam, and now they're up 4-2. Happy about it, but Paxton needs to step up. They got four against the Red Sox, three against the Orioles, four against the Blue Jays in Toronto, and then four at the stadium against the Orioles. So all division rivals, they can really make up some more ground if they continue to hit and not and pitchers hold up. Let's talk about the Mets a little happier. I wanted to start with the Mets originally, but you got me fired up before. The New York Mets. Joe. Or the Mets? Are we are we believing yet? <laughs> They're moving. Are, They're we, moving. Be, are we believing I'm still, yet? I'm still sticking with what I said earlier. That I really, they're, they're still dead. They're I really, gonna... I really want to believe. I want to. I want to get on the Brody Van Wagen and train no. after ripping no. him so many times. No. I want to believe. I really do. Mm-mm. But I will. I, I will believe. I, I will listen. I will believe. If the starting pitching keeps going seven plus innings and letting up less than two, you, and less than two I don't think they'll be. Able, I don't think they have the stamina for it. I don't think they have their. Well, now they have Strowman, so let's see well, what happens. Yeah, but I don't know. I let's just do, I can't see them. I can't see them making a playoff. Four games run. out of the wild card spot, though. They're four. That's four. 
four games. You said it yourself. There's still 60-something-plus games to go. He's got two months left in the season. That's only four and games. it's a lot of time to mess up. Uh, <laughs> it, 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 they've it, won seven in a row, though. They've won seven in a row they're, against pretty decent teams. You know, the Pirates are, yeah, they're okay. But the White Sox are very offensively talented, and the Mets shut them out for four runs in three games. Let's recap a little bit. Game one, Noah Syndergaard, we were recording when he was on the mound because we were trying to figure out if he was going to get traded mm-hmm. or not. He goes seven and a third, gives up five hits, one run. The Mets get out to a 2 nothing lead from a Tomas Nito, from RBIs by Tomas Nito in the second and Robinson Cano in the fifth. Is he starting to find it again, or is he still dead weight? I think he's still a little bit dead weight, but I don't know. White Scott, the White Sox score in the sixth to make it two to one, and then Tim Anderson in the ninth, of course, comes up, hits a sack fly to tie the game at two, and we go into some extra innings. We got some extra innings baseball for the New York Mets. They score three in the eleventh inning. A Jeff McNeil two run homer. He play like if he could win Rookie of the Year, but he can't because he played too many games last year. He's got my vote for Rookie of the Year. He does. Pete Alonso's been great, breaking all Mets rookie records. He'll probably win Rookie of the Year, but he well deserves it as well. But Jeff McNeil is outstanding. Um, then Conforto hits a solo shot to make it 5-2. to two. Mets win, and the hype train is, you know, steam starting to go. You know, the train hasn't left the tracks yet. It's starting to chug, start, chug, start, chug, chug. Start chug, chug, chug. We get to game two. DeGrom is on the hill. He pitched another gem. I say this every time DeGrom pitches. He's outstanding. He's outstanding. DeGrom has been one of their most consistent players. For a long time. Yeah. Long time. And there was a while there that the Mets, you know, Mets fans were like, oh, Syndergaard's the ace. Oh, at the time, Matt Harvey's the ace. Jacob DeGrom, the unquestioned ace of this Mets pitching staff. He goes seven innings, gives up five hits and a run, 11 strikeouts. I'm so thankful for Jacob DeGrom that I drafted him in fantasy baseball. So thankful. Because your boy is 12 and five and leading the whole damn thing. Tied. What do you mean? You're tied with who? With somebody with who? One of the guys. I Check work that with. right now. One of the guys I work Check with. Check that right now. I think I'm 11 and five actually, but I'm going to win this week. Check that right now. Check that right now. I'm checking. Check it's it loading. right now. It's loading. Continue. All right. Sorry. Continue. Did I say? Yeah, I said his stats already. Mets were down one nothing in the third off a of Jose Abreu sack fly in the third. They tie it in the sixth off of a Ramos after Ramos reaches on a fielder's choice. And then they go off for three runs in the ninth. This offense. Has been I, I want to say that they've been one of the top offenses in the National League. As bad as they've been for a while because of this bullpen, you having trouble loading there? Yeah, just it's a little bit. It's the Wi-Fi in this house. Um, They go off for three runs in the ninth. Frazier hits an RBI single. He brings home Altair. Uh, Conforto, an RBI single to bring home J.D. Uh, JD Davis and Todd Frazier, make it 4-1. to one. Uh, Edwin Diaz would let up a homer in the ninth, but the Mets would hold on to win 4-2. to two. And then Zach Wheeler in Game 3. Another complete gem by him. Seven innings, four hits, no runs given up, seven strikeouts. Robinson Cano homers in the second. Holy crap, we're throwing a party because the Mets have just won six in a row. They have a chance to sweep the White Sox, and they do exactly that. They would add three runs in the sixth off of a Cano RBI double and a Ramos two-run single, to and that's really your ballgame. Avalon and Familia both throw scoreless innings. Holy crap, I never thought I'd say that ever again, that Yuri's Familia would throw a scoreless inning. <laughs> Holy shit. Fantasy update. You are tied in first. Okay. 11 and 5. 11 and 5. Not 5. Uh, not I'm going to win. This. I'm going to win this week, though. And I am right behind you. 9 and 7. Um, yeah, that's like the that's like the trivia standings. You want to look at that real quick? I, I'm two <laughs> games out. 
you're calling the Mets dead four games out, and you think you're still alive. Oh yeah. my god! Listen, I'm, think, not, I'm not saying I'm not going to lose this week though. So you might you might have a three game. I'm not three. saying the Mets are you know are alive and well, but they've won seven in a row. Seven. Oh, and you're you're winning against the guy that's tied with me. So that's right. So I'll still be up there. Mm. I'll we'll, take second. We'll see. Joe, that's probably the first time you've looked at that in months. No, I looked at it yesterday, actually. Because mm. then I get the text. Oh, you owe me money for fantasy baseball. So does everybody else. Yeah, you do. You, didn't you wouldn't pay. be. You wouldn't be saying. Nobody did. Yeah, there's a few people that did. You wouldn't be saying that if you were in last place. Just saying. What? You wouldn't be saying that if you were in last place, though. I'm not. What? What? If I was in last place, yeah. I don't care about the money then. I'm in second. I'm willing to win the whole thing. That's exactly why. <laughs> oh, I see what you're trying to oh get there. God. He's a little slow. Hey. That's why he's the producer. It's been a long day. It's been a long day. The Mets have won seven in a row. That's the longest win streak in the major leagues right now. Eight and two in their last ten. I'm just going to throw these numbers at you. Four games out of the wild card. You're not, gonna, you're not believing yet. No. I'm starting to. I'm not going to believe. I don't until, want to start believing because then I'll be disappointed. Until they hit that wild card spot, mm-hmm. and then and if they're still rolling at that point, then maybe I'll start believing. You know, I said a couple weeks ago that the Mets were like their finger was poking out of the grave. Their whole right hand is out of the grave right now. It's still not much. I know it's going to take a lot. If they win ten in a row, I'll start putting their head above water. Well, you go from a grave to water? No. They have a sea burial watery or grave. something? Watery grave. Sea burial? Yeah. I mean, what do you want? They're drowning. Sure. They have a hole in their ship. They're done. Okay. They're done. I don't you heard it here first from so me, who want, doesn't know baseball. You want They're them done. to be done? Are you rooting for them to be done? No, I'm not rooting for them to be done, but it's just that type of thing for the Mets. I know. They're done. You're right. They they're gonna get so close. Oh yeah, so close. You could be, you're, they you're could be. Right. They'll be in the wild card spot. Yeah. At the end of the season, with one game left, and whoever's behind them will win and knock them out. You're you're probably right. You're probably right. But we talked about this rotation with the addition of Strowman. Brody Van Wagenen is basically just saying after saying after the All Star break. That, you know, we have low expectations for this team, blah, 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 blah. I think that quietly hyped up the clubhouse a little bit. Because mm-hmm. since then, they've been playing pretty well. Mm-hmm. With the addition of Strowman, the Mets, I figured out, are they're just going for it. They're going for yeah. it. Yeah. I mean, I, I was like, okay, pack it in, like... Get young players back. I think that was probably the best thing. That I don't know if... I, don't, I still don't know if it's the right direction for the Mets right now. Yeah, but you know what? They they give it this push with this young, well, with this team, and see what happens. Mm-hmm. And if something good happens, here's the thing though: they don't you have, have. You still have room to improve. Exactly. But if something bad happens, they do have. Then you still have room to improve. They still have tradable pieces though that they exactly. should have probably traded away. But the thing is, you can't you can't haul a whole team just because it's the trade deadline. I know. You're right. You can't. But I'm saying, chemi- but I'm saying all, the there's med- chemistry in in the locker room, right? There's chemistry in the bullpen. Oof. So, Oof. with <laughs> player relationships, right, you know what I mean, right? So, if you start trading away all these players, 
it's going to hurt the team more than it's going to benefit, okay. no matter who you bring in. Right. But at that point, if they were to just trade everybody away, they're blowing it up anyway. So, I mean, but they're not, but that's not what they did. Yeah. They're, yeah. you know, they're going after it. And to be honest with you, four games out, I really don't blame them. If they were still like eight, seven, then I'd say, okay, blow it up because. I mean, the biggest thing, though, is for them, their rotation is going seven-plus innings. They're getting lengthy starts out of the Grom, Syndergaard, and Wheeler, and we'll see what happens with Stroman in his first start. I think it's tonight. I kind of want to see that. Um, That's the big thing. If the, if that wasn't the case, the, you know, the starting pitchers were going four, five innings, and then they had to rely on this bullpen so much, maybe this is a different story. But I'm not high. I'm not. I'm on the train, but I'm not letting it go yet. I'm not letting it go on the rails yet. I'm not, not letting it go. I'm the conductor, not letting it go. <laughs> I'm not ready. I'm not ready to say that the Mets are back or that they're that they're in the hunt. We will see what happens because they have the Pirates again. They have the Marlins. They have the Nationals and the Braves. Those last three, those last six against the Nationals and the Braves will tell you about the Mets season. They have three against the Three at Pittsburgh against the Pirates. I think they can easily take two of three after sweeping them because I don't think the Pirates are going to want to – they're going to come in hungry because they don't want to get swept by the Mets again in in a matter of two weeks. The Marlins are crap. I could see the Mets walking in there winning three of four or even sweeping. But the, it, the, the season will be a telltale. It'll tell everything against the Nationals and against the Braves. So I'm excited. I'm not going to lie. I'm pretty excited about the Mets right now to see where they're going. If they can really make a push, it's going to be an exciting end of the season. That's baseball talk. We're going to take our first break. When we come back, Joe Douglas. Big will, move. Will you be my Valentine? Please. He's only, you know, he's made a couple like little small moves the past week or so, but this move could be really big for the franchise quarterback of the New York Jets. We got some training camp stuff to talk about as well. And um, it is the end. It is the beginning of August. We promised that we would do sports trivia. We're going to do that at the tail end of the show when we come back. You're listening to the Tri-State Sports Beat. Don't go anywhere. We will be right back. Welcome back. And with the NFL preseason just one week away, we are still hyped up over the Jets training camp. Obviously, um, a lot to look forward to. So, let's start it out. Okay. GM Joe Douglas, his first big move of being the, the New York Jets GM, comes with signing center Ryan Khalil. Khalil. <laughs> To a one-year contract. I was going to say it, and I looked at the name, and I was like, or is it Kay? No, Ryan no, Khalil. Khalil. Um, it's huge. He comes out of retirement to play for the Jets. Um, Five-time Pro Bowl center. He's 34. He's 34. Um, but now what does this what does this um, mean for Jonathan Harrison? Um, I don't think this takes him out of the situation completely. So I think Jonathan Harrison... It just really, with the addition of Ryan Khalil, it adds depth. Because to be honest with you, I think Khalil is going to start week one. He's the veteran. He's got the most, you know, most experience probably out of 
with maybe besides Coleccio Semele, he's probably got the most experience mm-hmm. on the offensive line as they stand now. So I believe five time Pro Bowler. Yeah, five time well. Pro Bowler. Um I think more than anything, this helps Sam Darnold immensely because Ryan Khalil has seen everything. Mm-hmm. He's been behind center with Cam Newton. He's been to a Super Bowl. He's seen a lot of things. He's I think it was a I think he was drafted in 2007. He's seen a lot of football. So he's going to see things that maybe Sam doesn't understand or, you know, pick it, up it's defenses. Only, it's, that's exactly what I was going to say. It's mm-hmm. going to help Sam with recognizing if there's going to be a blitz, if it's man coverage. Yeah. Or just or just little things, you know, when a safety drops up, you know, mm-hmm. it's in, you know, stuff like just little things like that. He's only bringing knowledge right. to a young mind. Right. But, and that, that is a key mm-hmm. in having especially in a young a quarterback, quarterback taking a leap from a rookie from his rookie year to year two because mm-hmm. we have excuse me such high expectations for sam Darnold in year two and i think sophomore slump it's a lot it's always a talk mm-hmm. coming into your second year mm-hmm. i'm hoping that because Darnold had that first the first year as he did right. uh not really living up to the hype to per to say me personally i i I throw rookie years out the window. Yeah, I mean, which which I rookie. think not a lot of people do. I think no. they they come into the draft thinking this guy's huge. He's going to be huge for us. He's, right. It's going to start this year. Mm-hmm. No, right. Sophomore, and then it all hits them at the same time. Then they get even more hype over mm-hmm. their first year. Yeah, and and it hits them that second year. Mm-hmm. So hopefully, it hit him this uh, in his freshman year, sophomore year, strong sophomore year. I think going back to Jonathan Harrison for a second, the offensive line now has has some depth, which, you know, under Todd Bowles was really ignored, the offensive line. And you can blame Mike McKagan for that. Um, I don't want to hate on Mike McKagan. He's done some really good things. He drafted our potential franchise quarterback. He got Robbie Anderson as an undrafted free agent. I'll give Mike McKagan his love a little bit. But the fact that Joe Douglas comes in here and gets an all a former All Pro, five time Pro Bowler to come out of retirement, no mm-hmm. less, to come play for the Jets for a year. I think he's making eight point three million dollars this year. I would have gave him ten to have Ryan Khalil here. Mm-hmm. Now he's not one of the like he's like, he's battled you know neck and shoulder injuries, but he played all sixteen games his final season with Carolina. And for Jonathan Harrison, it's not. I'm not saying the Jets are giving up on Jonathan Harrison because he can play. He can play guard. He can play tackle. So if there's an injury, he can mm-hmm. step into any offensive line position, which there was an injury today. It was Kelvin Beecham, but rookie Chuma Odoga took the first team reps. Cause so the Jets apparently think pretty highly of him to put him in there um, at the tackle position. I, ju- I like all the, the USC connections. Right. I believe Khalil is also Ryan Khalil. Yeah. From USC. He was from USC. Chuma Odoga. From USC. And then you obviously have Darnold. Sam, Deontay Burnett, mm-hmm. wide receiver. There's some USC connections here for the Jets. Um, as well as Ty Montgomery. He led they both had ankle injuries. No, no real updates there as far as today. And then Tremaine Johnson was limited a little bit with a groin injury. He was sitting out a couple. Um, Joe, you were going to training camp tomorrow. Correct. It's going to be a lot of fun. What it's are you to, what are you expecting to see tomorrow? What do you want to see tomorrow? I want to see Quentin Williams. I want to see how he's performing because he. I feel like he's not getting as much love because he's not on that first team line just first yet. First team defense, yeah. 
so so I want to see like how he's performing. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of news that he's he's performing very well on yeah. the second team. He made a bone crushing hit on Eli McGuire yeah, yesterday. Yeah. So I'm I'm excited to see like how he's performing. Um, obviously, Le'Veon Bell is just going. It's just going to be exciting to see. I'll tell you right now. Don't expect to see a lot of him. No, and I'm not going to. I want to see what he's capable of. I want to see what he's doing on the sidelines. I want to see what he's doing individually. I'm mm. not looking for for scrimmage like plays. Right. I'm, I'm. I just want to see what he's doing on the field while everybody else, while all the coverage is on all this other stuff. I want to mm-hmm. see what he's doing separately. Mm-hmm. Um. I'm also excited to see the connection between Gase and Donald. Mm-hmm. Um. I think that's something that a lot of people are talking about and it's just it, it's just exciting the whole thing the whole experience i'll tell you right now gonna be very you're exciting. gonna walk in there because it happened to me i walked in there and it just felt like a completely different vibe from the fans from the what are you talking about from like fans team just the atmosphere like it's all the same like they still have jets fest it's just in a different location whatever um but you get like once they walk out in the field, maybe it's like something with the uniforms and the green helmets. Now I don't mm. know. Could be they just look more slick, right? And they have it. It's not. It's not really that though. They have. You could just tell that there's a different kind of culture here. Mm-hmm. Well, you're starting to bring players in that are from those winning cultures right. too. You have you have Le, uh, Lev Bell. You mm-hmm. have now you have Kale um, Khalil. Khalil. I want. I keep wanting to say Kale. <laughs> Uh, Khalil, uh, you're bringing in Jamison Crowder, who's who's played very well. He knows. I think he's very underrated. Yeah, he knows his place in the system, right? And he accepts it. Mm-hmm. Um, who else? And the other thing is all the young guys. C.J. Mosley. All the young guys. Right. C.J. Mo- yeah, absolutely. C.J. Mosley. It's just, I don't know. It's just something about this year. That's just getting me really amped up. I've yeah. never been this amped up about football mm-hmm. before. It's normally hockey, mm-hmm. but the Jets just—they're just exciting to to cover, right? Because there's so many, there's so many storylines. Because you know, with Gase, because this is the Jets' first offensive head coach in a Years. long time, long time. Um, I think probably since Rich Kotite, who's an abomination of head coach, but um. Just the connection between him and between Gase and Darnold, that's what you want most out of this year. Mm-hmm. That's what you want to see. You want Sam to take that step year two. You want to see him be a leader of this team, which I think he's, you know, I think just telling from what I've seen from two practices, two open practices, he's taking control of this huddle. He's taking control of this team. It's his team. Mm-hmm. It is. And Gase is letting him do that. You know what? What's really interesting? I'll, sorry. Yeah, go ahead. Um, is that the first week, I think it was either OTAs or minicamp or whatever, or maybe it was the beginning of training camp, Darnold's, you know, Gase was a little a little soft on Darnold. He wasn't letting him have it or whatever. And then Gase finally let Darnold have it once. Or I, I forget what he did. I made a mistake of some sort. And Darnold's like, finally, like, you got on me. Saying, like, you've been too soft on me. Mm-hmm. You need to You need to coach me up. That's the thing about this Jets team. They're young, and they want – to be coached and what better way than to have Adam Gase and Greg Williams, Mm. a very good offensive mind and a tough nose, no nonsense defensive guru. 
I think it's just going to be for it's it's a batch made in heaven. I it think. is. It really, it really is. is. And you're not going to see the full potential of this until game time, until regular season mm-hmm. game time. I'm hoping to see a little bit of it in preseason. Um, but what I was going to say earlier was back to the Jamal being a leader and everything. Mm-hmm. I think the other thing is you have Khalil on the offensive side for Darnold, mm-hmm. but now you just put in C.J. Mosley for Jamal. Right. Because Jamal has said nothing. You have multiple leaders on both sides of the Amazing things ball. to say about Mosley right. and how he acts instead of he, him talking. Right. Mosley is, he, you know, Gase has said that Mosley's quiet. He shows by example. Jets haven't had that kind of guy probably since Nick Mangold. Which is good. They, Very good. They, they need that. They need veteran leadership. And again, I have preached this in any sport. Baseball, basketball, football, you know, whatever. Hockey. There needs to be a balance. I feel like for a successful team, mm-hmm. no matter Absolutely. who you are, you have to have a balance of talented young guys and talented veterans who've been there before. Talented and knowledgeable. Talented and knowledgeable. You know, that's why... Think about the Atlanta Hawks for a second. They have Trey Young. He's going to be one of the more exciting point guards for the next... 5, 10, 10 years maybe. I'm not saying he's going to be the face of the league, but you pair him, and then you have Vince Carter coming off the bench. Almost 20, 20 20-something-year veteran. Mm -hmm. You know, the Hawks aren't, you know, the Hawks are on the rise, though. They're not a good team now, but they're on the rise. They have a lot of potential. That's what I'm trying to say. Mm -hmm. The Jets have been that team that have young guys and, you know, are rebuilding. Now you bring in valuable pieces, Mosley, Lev Bell, you know, you bring in Greg Williams, bring in Adam Gase, bring in guys that have been here before that, you know, have been around the league for a long time who know football and are very serious about football. No nonsense. I sometimes question Todd Bowles' ability to coach football. I don't see that with Adam Gase. Adam Gase has been around it since he's since he was at Michigan State under Nick Saban. Greg Williams has been a head coach in this league before. He's been a defensive coordinator for most of it. He's been around a lot of good teams. The Rams defense, the Browns defense now is really and good. And Gase has had the ability to coach Peyton Manning. Right. Who is I'm not saying – don't say that – Hall of Famer. Right. Don't say that Gase – I don't give Gase a whole ton of credit for Peyton Manning. No, he was just I'm a coach. just saying he – but he's been with that atmosphere. He's right. He's been with a, a he knows what caliber player. He knows what makes Peyton Manning tick. Yeah. That's what you need. That's what that's what I want my head coach and my quarterback to have that relationship. Mm-hmm. What makes you tick? What do you like? What don't you like? And that's the thing about Gase that I like is that he is talking with the offense, talking with the defense, but he's making sure that, you know, if Darnold doesn't like something, let me know. If Lev Bell doesn't like something or he sees something, let him know. We'll work about it together. It's not coach says this, we'll do this. Player doesn't like it, but he'll do it anyway. It's not how it should work. Gase is open with his players from what from what we know, from what we've seen, from what we've heard, yeah. from what we watched. There's just something that's very healthy about the New York Jets right now, and I couldn't be more ecstatic about it. I agree. There's nothing much more I can I say. Know. I just I'm excited. I can't wait, mm-hmm. and I can't wait to see what how this unfolds. Yeah. Um. You got anything else, real quick? You want to talk about before we? No, not really. Uh. Other than if you want to cover, what's your thoughts Kevin on the Mawai in the Hall of Fame? Um, 
He's been inducted this weekend, much well-deserved. I Absolutely. mean, I don't think he's getting a lot of media coverage because you have Tony Gonzalez, Ty Law, Champ Bailey. I'm probably forgetting somebody else huge, honestly. It's a very good class this year. And Kevin Mawai is absolutely deserving. You are missing somebody big. The Ravens guy. Oh, Ed Reed. Ed Reed. Ed Reed. Sorry, Ed. Former Jet. Sorry, Ed. Yeah, I know. I was like, <laughs> wait a second. Uh, you know, that was a real pleasure. Honestly, I have a memory of Ed Reed. He was with the Jets, so of course it was in the twilight of his career, but it was week 17, last week of the year, against the, against the, um, against the Browns. I sat in the end zone in the 100 levels with my friend and his dad, and I saw Ed Reed get his last career interception and almost and almost take it to the house, which was amazing. That's my little Ed Reed story. Um, I don't really have any other memories of other Hall of Famers, but I was glad I got to saw Ed Reed play. See Ed Reed play. See Ed Reed play. Duh. English. <laughs> Sorry. Grandpa. See see Ed Reed play and actually get an interception. So that was pretty cool. All right. Scott's not here, so I'm kind of disappointed about that. But you ready? I'm ready. You ready? All right. So it is time. It's that time of the month again. The end of the month. Where it gets a little little heated, a little competitive here on the Tri-State Sports Beat. It is time for Tri-State Trivia. All right, Joe. Do you want to go first or do you want me to go first? I'll go first. You want me to ask you first or... You want to ask your questions to me? Uh, I'll ask questions to you. Fair enough. Just get all set up here. Okay. I feel like you don't have a lot of time. That's okay. I'll pull up my questions so you don't see them. Great idea. Okay. Oh, wait, just to remind you. Okay. Scott's 10 and 10. I'm 9 and 11. Joe is way behind at 4 and 16. I feel like that's going to change today Okay. with your loss column. I'm not speaking oh. highly on my win column. Okay. I'm just saying your loss column. Uh, <laughs> ready when you are. All right. So this is for the month of July. We did not do it uh, this past right. month or end of the month. Um, July 3rd, 1971. John Newcomb of Australia beats what American for his third and final Wimbledon singles title. What year is this? 1971. 1971. Pete Sampras, Arthur Ashe, Stan Smith, or James Scott, Jimmy Connors. Hmm. I'm going to go with 1971. They're all in that era. I made sure. It was Wimbledon. Wimbledon. I'm gonna go with singles title. Okay. We'll go with Pete Sampras. Okay. July eighth, nineteen ninety seven, the year we were born. Good. Where did the sixty eighth All Star Baseball game take place? What year? Seventy. Ninety seven. Ninety seven. Okay. Baltimore, Cleveland, Boston, or Chicago? I'm gonna go Cleveland. I just. Before you even said Cleveland, I thought Cleveland, so I'm just going to take Cleveland. Okay. July 10th, 2018. Wow. Okay. Real Madrid forward Cristiano Ronaldo 
joins Italian champions. Oh, come on. How do you say that name? Juventus. Juventus. In a deal worth how much? What? 97.3 million pounds. Oh, man. 97.2 million pounds. 102 million pounds. Or 99.2 million pounds. I'm going to go 93. I didn't say 93. 97.3. Yeah. I'll go with 97.3. Wow. That's tough. I'm I'm getting better Uh, with these. All right. (laughs) That's good. That's um, a good question. July 20th, 1912. 1912. The Phillies' Sherry McGee steals what? home how many times in one game? What? One time, two time, three time, four time. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh, I love Derek Jeter, so I'm going to go with two. Two? Yeah. That's definitely wrong, though. <sighs> July 27th. How many questions do you have? I had five. Oh, okay. That seemed more than July 27th, 1999. Tony Hawk is the first what skateboarder the? to land what trick? Oh, you guys I know gave this. me surfing, I know so I don't want to no, hear No, I know it. this. I do. The Ollie Impossible. No. 720 Gazelle Flip. The 900. Or the Cheese Nugget. It's a 900. <laughs> the Cheese Nugget. It's a 900. The 900? Yeah. I watched a documentary on that. Saw it. Yeah, it's nine hundred. All right, you want me to save these? Save it for the, the score. End. Save it for the end. All right. <laughs> Cheese nugget. Definitely got one right. All right, Joe. You ready? No. Nah. <laughs> no, not at well, all. We're going anyway. You got to start giving me hockey questions. Joe, hockey doesn't happen in July. Can't help you with that. I don't care. A signing or something. I can't help you <laughs> Just with a that. name that I recognize. Joe, I tried to find something you would know. And- July 4th, 19... You found four things, I know. (laughs) July 4th, 1960. What Yankee legend hit his 300th career home run? Babe Ruth, Bernie Williams, Mickey Mantle, or Jim Catfish Hunter? What year was that? 1960. I don't even know when Babe... I don't even know why I asked. I don't know when (laughs) Babe Ruth played. I just know it was a long time ago. Come on. What were the names? Babe Ruth. Babe Ruth, Bernie Williams, Mickey Mantle, or Jim Catfish Hunter. I don't know that name. He's real. I'll tell you that much. He's real. He's not. I'm going Mantle. I think I gave that question before. Maybe. Okay. Uh, On July 4th, 1929, what legendary NFL owner was born? Al Davis of the Raiders, Sonny Werblin, formerly of the New York Jets, Jerry Jones of the Cowboys or Art Rooney of the Pittsburgh Steelers? It's one of the last two. What year was he born? 1929. Jerry Jones. He's old. He's not that old, though. Oh, well, sorry. He's not that old. (laughs) Sorry. I'm sorry, Jerry. I'm sorry, Jerry. That would make him like almost 100 years old, 90 years old, or something like that. Oh, man. We gotta speed this up. (laughs) I know that was wrong. We gotta speed this up a little bit. Go ahead. On July 10th, 1999, the U.S. women's national team won their second World Cup. Who did they beat? Brazil, China, England, or the Netherlands? Netherlands. Okay. 
On July 24th, 1958, what baseball legend was fined $250 for spitting at his own fans again? Again? Cy Young, Ted Williams, Honus Wagner, or Lefty Gomez? Gomez. Okay. On July 30th, 1930, the first FIFA World Cup was hosted in what country? Uruguay, Brazil, England, or Spain? Ooh. This is your last and final question. Uruguay. What? No, I'm saying. Uruguay? It's Uruguay. You said Uruguay. Listen back to that later. I did not say that. Uruguay. (laughs) Really? (laughs) Um, Brazil. Brazil. All right. Let's tally it up, shall we? I didn't get any. Go ahead. I'll go first. You go first. You want me to tally yours first? Please. And uh, write it on the board. Okay. Where'd it go? Okay, so in 1971, John Newcomb of Australia beats American for the first, for his third and final Wimbledon sing, uh, singles title. You said Pete Sampras. I did. It was Stan Smith. Damn. Zero. Damn. I'm just gonna do this later. Um, 1997. Where does the 68th All Star Baseball game take place? Mm-hmm. You said Cleveland. I did. For whatever reason, you thought it was Cleveland. <laughs> it was not Well, Cleveland. you got it right. I did. Yeah, that was a good one. Nice. Cleveland. 2018 Real Madrid forward Ronaldo. I definitely got this wrong. Joins whatever. Um, Ventus. In, in deal <laughs> worth how, ma- uh, how much? You said 97.3 million yeah, pounds. I did. That was wrong. It was 99.2 uh, million damn. pounds. Close, though. Okay. 1912 Philly's Sherry May. Uh, Huh? McGee, what? I couldn't pronounce his name. I'm sorry for the delay. <laughs> McGee steals uh, home how many times in one game? You said two. Mm-hmm. That was the luckiest guess wow! I've ever heard. <laughs> it go. was right. Let's it was right. Go. So you're two and two. Nice. Who would ever steal home three times, three or four times? That's ridiculous. It was a, it was a stat. It was in the That's on this day. Crazy. It might have been significant. All you right. don't know. Come on. Uh, 1999. Tony Hawk. Uh, is the first skateboarder to land what trick? You were pretty positive about the 900. I was. You were. Hell it was, yeah. It was Thank you, ESPN documentary. You got really lucky. I really thought no. I had you on that one. Yeah. Really thought I had you on that one. All right. So you ready to find out three your fate and two. here? I did bad. Okay. July 4th, 1960, what Yankee legend hit his 300th career home run. You said Mickey Mantle. Yeah. That was right. Let's go. Holy, I think I've used that one before. Holy crap. I think I've used it before. Okay. Um, on July 4th, 1929, what legendary NFL owner was born? You said Jerry I was wrong. Jones. I'm sorry, Jerry. It was Al Davis of the Oakland Raiders. I'm sorry. Uh, on Ju- I didn't put two and two together. On July 10th, 1999, the U.S. Women's National Team won their second World Cup. Who did they beat? You said the Netherlands. Yeah. It was China. I didn't even think China would have been in it. Eh, it's 1999. Really? It's a different time then. Really? It's okay. Yep. All right. Um, on no July offense. 20, on July 24th, 1958, what baseball legend was fined $250 for spitting at his own fans? You said Lefty Gomez. It was the legendary Boston Red Sox, Ted Williams. Uh-huh. It was it was between Ted Williams and uh, Gomez. Okay. And then on July thirtieth, nineteen thirty, the first FIFA World Cup was hosted in what country? You said Brazil. It was Uruguay. 
I was going to pick it because it was so off the beaten path. I was like, ah. A hot one God. in four. A hot one in four for Joe. My second one in four, if yeah. anybody wants to know. All right, so tally up our totals here. I am now nine, 12 and 12 and 13. Yep. Yep. 12 and 13. Joe has fallen to 5 and 20. <laughs> I got one right this week, though. Uh, this month. 5 and 20. So I am 12 and 13. Scott has not participated, so he is at 10 and 10. We'll get his yeah, we'll figure off it the out. air or whatever. So that's your July speed round. Maybe we'll do a little bonus round on the 11th. Yep. On the way to So Joe, once again, is the loser, and just because you do this all the time. Yep. It is time to wrap things up with On This Day in Sports History. Let's do it. <laughs> All right, Joe, what do we got? Today's the second, right? Today's the second. Trivia. Okay. You get into a bonus trivia today. Sweet. On August 2nd, 1992, what track and field legend became the first woman ever to win two consecutive Olympic gold medals in the heptathlon? Uh, to be honest with you. You have no idea. No idea. Jackie Joyner Kershey. Oh, okay. That name sounds familiar. Oh, okay. Okay, a little bit. Birthdays, happy birthday. Happy birthday. I know this is why you like when I read them. <laughs> <sighs> Hard you part of the day. You have such a projective voice. It's... Leo Bovin. Okay. <laughs> Lamar Hunt. Good. Good. Billy Cannon. Okay. Tim Wakefield. Good. Got that one. Shirdek Cabellos. <laughs> Tony Amonti. <laughs> Grady Sizemore. Good. That was good. Grady Sizemore. Huston Street. Golden Tate. Happy birthday. Uh, New York Giant. Uh, suspended. Skyler <laughs> Diggins. Oh, WNBA. Look at that. Paul DeJong. Good. Paul De Paul DeYoung, but it's okay. It's not DeYoung. It's DeJong. Yeah, I know, but it's, it's, it's a J. It, uh, all right. I don't care. Uh, okay. He spelled F it wrong. Fine. <laughs> he spelled it wrong. Okay. <laughs> Laramie Tunsil. <laughs> Laramie Tunsil. <laughs> he plays for the Miami Dolphins. And if I didn't know this last name, I'd butcher it too, but it's Christoph Porzingis. Oh. Happy birthday to all of you. Way to put a sour taste in my mouth. Good, because there's one. been a sour taste in my mouth ever since I started saying these names. <laughs> Okay. Now we're to the on this day in 1979, Yankees catcher and team captain Thurman Munson died tragically at age 32. The private plane he was piloting crashed at Arkron Canton Airport. Akron. Akron Canton Airport. Oh, That's what I said. Wow. In Ohio. So, LeBron James would be very disappointed, wouldn't you? Rest in peace. Help, rest in Thurman peace, Thurman Munson. Munson. Yep, it's a sad day for the for the Yankees, and uh, you know that is on this day in the sports whole, history. The whole baseball world, whole baseball but... world lost a legend way too soon. All right, I feel like this is a little short, but hey, 
we got everything done. There's not much else to talk about besides the Yankees and the Mets and the Jets. So Yeah, there's only two sports really going on. Yeah, that's right really what's going on. I mean, we would talk about NFL headlines, but, I mean, nothing really has changed, to be honest. Melvin, Melvin Gordon wants to be traded. If I'm the Chargers, go ahead and trade him. Honestly. Duh, we didn't, we didn't talk about Michael Thomas. Oh, yeah, Michael Thomas got paid. Big paid. Big paid. Big, big. What is it? Five years, $100 million? Hundred, Yeah, 100 and something million. Uh, six. I believe it's either sixty or sixty-one guaranteed. He's a stud. He deserves it. Absolutely. Honestly, he. Out of the, if I were the Jets, if he, if he had big free, names, if he were, if he had free agency, the Jets would throw the whole bank at him. Out of the three big names, I think he deserved it the most. Absolutely. Um, but we'll talk about that a little more maybe next episode. Yeah. Zeke continues his holdout. He's still in Cabo, I think. But we talked about that last time. All right, that is it for us. Thank you guys so much for listening. Follow us on all our social media. Joe will be live from Jets training camp at Florham Park tomorrow. He will be doing the Instagram live and all that good stuff. Thank you guys so much for listening. We will see you next time. If you want to interact with us, follow us on Twitter at TriState underscore Beat. Also, if you want to make an appearance on the show, send us a message on the Anchor app. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next time. Start spreading the news. I'm leaving today I want to be a part of it New York, New York Start spreading the news